Well, hello and welcome to The Bright Side here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Joel Hunter. And seated, 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 <laughs> sitting, sitting, and seated. To my left is uh, the person who knows correct grammar and syntax, Dr. Joel Hunter, uh, my dad. This is a show about helping you help others. Um, and we are going to get to that in a second on ways to be helpful and ways to uh, help even yourself because you're, you're another, uh, you know, that helping others is, is also you. Uh, but today is such an important day <laughs> that I felt like we should cover. Who knew that we should cover? Who this knew first. about this national holiday? Our uh, our research department, Becky Hunter, my mom, <laughs> uh, was uh, was able to to comb through uh, the archives of of uh, of national interna international international. This, this this absolutely, is a global. traditional historic, and found today is. Flitch Day. Flitch. <laughs> Flitch. That's F-L-I-T-C-H. Flitch Day. And you may be thinking, well, what is a flitch? And I, if you had a hundred guesses, I bet you wouldn't come up with it <laughs> because it's a uh, half or one side of a pig. That's what it is. Also uh, known as a side of bacon. A big old side that's, of bacon. That's what most people know about yeah, it today. Yeah, I mean, but that's not what I get in restaurants. I'm like, do you have a half or a side of a pig? <laughs> do you have Do you have an eighth of a flitch? Yeah, I would a... like, uh, just, to, I'm not that hungry. I'll have an eighth of a flitch today. <laughs> <clears throat> and so flitch day goes back. Pop, tell us the history of flitch, <laughs> flitch day. Actually, it goes way back. This is written about in Canterbury Tales. Oh, that's old. Yeah, uh, that's Chaucer's really old. Canterbury Tales. That was back when English was really hard to understand. Oh, man. When you read those and you're like, what I the know. ire of what? the dire... I thought uh, this was English. <laughs> yeah. What, why are all these S's F's? Yeah. But the, the, it was, of course, and of course, Canterbury Tales was uh, published in the uh, late 14th century, which is 1300s. And so it's it's very... But, but evidently, there was a custom um, that they would test... Married couples to see if they had any second thoughts about being married to their spouses. <laughs> I got. I feel like everything between like nine hundred and thirteen hundred A.D. Uh, very stressful situation. It was always a test. Right? Yeah. It was always like some sort of inquisition. Yeah, or it really is. Like, I mean, it's holy like, cow. Uh, it's like that uh, trial by ordeal thing where it's like, oh my goodness, did you steal this? If you stick your hand in this boiling water. Uh, then we'll find out if you actually did, because God will make it not hurt. And you're like, what? Oh, <laughs> what? I know. Oh, man, I can't wait till we get we're some, gonna, some gonna, rights around here. No, we're going to hang you. But if God's for you, the rope will break. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my so, goodness. So how did they, so, how did so they find out? Here's what they did. You, were, you brought married couples into the courtyard, and they, they, they knelt on two pointed stones <laughs> and and then they would say two hard pointed stones taking an oath in front of the monks and the rest of the town that they had no regrets whatsoever in in uh, marrying their spouses and then the monks would say wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> I see how much that hurts your knees. No, why are those big tears coming out of your eyes? That's really something. You know, to think of all of the modern help that people can get with uh, counseling from from licensed mental health uh, professionals, 
and you could skip all of that if you just uh, it, there's a simple ceremony that could really help you figure just it out kneel down here on these pointy <laughs> stones and uh and so and from what i'm from what i'm reading here it you had to to pass the test it was there was no point in the last year that i regretted my marriage at all exactly uh, which is uh that is a high bar for that's success that's a high bar and so they gave very few flitches out. <laughs> it was the way they're like, they're like, like what's the way we can give away the least amount of bacon? This is where they go. This is where the phrase save the bacon. Yeah, I saved your bacon. Is uh, that really true? No, I don't oh, know. I was like, that's <laughs> I have no incredible. Idea. Yeah. Well, I'm going with that though. I know. Yeah. And I mean, it has to be. Who would, who would, who would be able to uh, disagree with me? I'd be like, you probably don't even know about flitch day. Uh, and, and so they, uh, they would give you the bacon. And then they wouldn't they like ride you around town on their shoulders or something, or everyone would eat bacon together. <laughs> yeah. What a weird time! What a weird species we are. <laughs> we are. And it, in 1854, somebody actually wrote a novel called The Flitch of Bacon. Ah, The Flitch of Bacon. Have yeah. you ever heard? Have you ever heard of a flitch before? I have this? never heard. Of a, see, this is why this program is so essential yeah. to your education. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Bright Side, the number one educational show about bacon. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, the history of bacon, how it's been used ritualistically. Uh, it, we, uh, we generally talk about helping you help others, but this is, uh, this is also really important because uh, what, what are we doing it all for unless there's bacon? Bacon really does have almost like a, there's, there's almost a cult around bacon. I, there really is. Yeah. I mean, you go in and they stick bacon in your dessert. Yeah, and, and there's like and bacon, like... bacon Band-Aids. Uh, like they aren't made of bacon, but like they look like bacon strips. <laughs> I know. And there's not like... Chocolate covered bacon. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing because accepting only coffee, if, if you had a poster on your wall that said like, I love muffins. Everybody be like, that's weird, man. But like people will have all these things like posters and stuff about like uh, everything's better with bacon and stuff. And everybody's like clever. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> or, or I know, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really weird thing. But they still do have, they still do every three or four years, they have this tradition of bringing a couple in. Now they don't use sharp stones. That's good. They, they Modern use, sensibilities. They use a panel um, of or a jury made of a six bachelors and six maidens, and you're supposed to convince them that you never had any second thoughts about your marriage. Huh. Um, now it's curious to me that you have to convince them, and you don't have to convince your wife. Yeah, it really. <laughs> it's like are, you're you're not talking to the right audience. <laughs> that, here. that is really that's a good point. Yeah, because. Uh, um, I wonder if they just look for subtle cues from the wife or the husband looking over me and like, no, nah, it's not true. Yeah, I know whether the rolling eyes, uh, that, that gives it away. Every it time. really does. It really does. The <laughs> universal symbol for, oh, this again. Yeah. And, uh, and then from what I was reading, uh, they, they don't end up giving a lot of bacon away. No, uh, no. I mean, it's all, uh, it's, it's a, a program where you withhold bacon. I feel like. This could be the perfect lead-in for today's topic, <laughs> which is failure and success. That's correct. Because uh, if there's one area that you would look at consistently overcoming failure uh, or regret in cases and, and having that turn into a long-term success, I feel like marriage would fit into that pretty well. Marriage and everything else. Yeah. It, it, it'd be hard to find any uh, you know couple that's been married for 
60 years and had a, a you know a wonderful marriage uh, I imagine it'd be impossible. There's never been one of those where there wasn't a moment where they're like, "Go, oh boy, I regret this." <laughs> I know. You know. You know. I was. Your Bob and I were on a cruise recently, and uh, they they came out the ship entertainment guy. You know, you always go to the theaters on the cruise, and the, and the guy says, "How many how many people have been married fifty years?" Oh yeah, I and, like that game. And, yeah, yeah. And 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 so the 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 winning couple had been married sixty four years, and uh, and and so. Um, they asked the guy, you know, what is the secret for staying married? Um, and and he said um, something like, just do everything she says. Um, and um, and they asked the woman, what's the secret for being married? The, the wife. Mm-hmm. And she said, ignore him. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was her secret. That is so, awesome. Now, would they get a flitch of bacon? No. No. Have they done it? Have they made it work? <laughs> have they been successful? They absolutely have. Correct. It is, uh, it is all about perseverance. Uh, we're going to go to a break here, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the value of persevering through failure and the value of failure itself in success right when we get back from this break. Hey there, welcome back to The Bright Side on News Radio 1025 WFLA. This is Joel Hunter and Joel Hunter. Hiya. Uh, hello. Uh, and this is a show about helping you help others. Uh, and, and one of those, uh, one of the prerequisites to being a, a good helper uh, is, is finding out how to um, do that successfully. What, what, uh, what makes successful people uh, what helps you have the kind of the abundance uh, with which you can help, not just financially, but just, you know, uh, if you're constantly just barely holding it together yourself, it's really hard to go yeah. help people. Yeah. Um, and so we were talking about success and failure. Now, Pop, as I understand it, success, in order to be successful, you have to never fail. And if you fail once, <laughs> then you should give up. Oh, grasshopper. Is that is that correct? <laughs> Actually, Albert Einstein said failure is success in progress. Huh. Uh, but it, this you know is what? That, that's that's I like that. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Our, uh, our our research department mm-hmm. has has um, given us some notable failures. Some some people who you would not suspect ever went through failure. Yeah, I I believe that I would not expect that whoever this list is because when you see super famous people, it's very hard to believe. It's hard to picture them yep. ever not being famous. You know the end of the story already. It's like yeah. Dan Carlin always talks about history. Uh, what's difficult about history is that we know stuff that they didn't know at the time. You know, the, the battle wasn't decided right. yet. Uh, and so now when we look at these really successful people, we know the end of the story. But uh, who? Who do you so, have? So first one on the famous failures list is Steven Spielberg. Huh. Who was Get out re- of town. Who was rejected both times that he applied to attend film school <laughs> at the University of Southern California. Well, Rejected I, as an really, applicant for film school. That's really... Steven Spielberg. I'll tell you, what better way to get revenge on that film school than to be like, uh, fine, I'll become the most successful director in the history of film. <laughs> well, uh, after, after he grossed $8.5 billion wow. directing films, they decided, that same school decided they would give him an honorary doctorate. <laughs> that was big of them. <laughs> I think it, I, I think it's really nice. That says a lot about Spielberg that he's like, all right, I'll accept. It. I know. Yeah, he must have really wanted to go there. 
<laughs> you must have loved that school. That's really, really funny. Um, who else? Another one is Charles Schultz. That's the guy. He's that's the Snoopy guy. He's the Snoop, yeah. He's the Peanuts guy. His drawings were rejected by his high school yearbook. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't even get published in his high school yearbook. You know, I, I kind of wonder on that one though, uh, and this might have been true of Spielberg too. I wonder if Snoopy was very poorly drawn at the beginning. Well, because even later. Uh, if you look at Charlie Brown with just fresh eyes, pretending you've never seen it, it's a bizarre cartoon. <laughs> he's a bald. He's, he's, he's pretty like, round. He's like a bald nine-year-old. Yeah. He's got one hair. Yeah. Uh, and and then Snoopy. I remember that trick as a kid. If you if you wrote the number twenty-five, you could then turn it into Snoopy wearing a baseball cap. Oh, really? Uh, yep. And I. Uh, I basically signed my homework like that for years. <laughs> was, I'll have to have you show me that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's quite a trick. Did you know that that Charlie Brown's uh, sweater, that design on his sweater, the, the zigzag, the horse, yeah, the, the zigzag, uh -huh. it was a symbolic for the crown of thorns. What? Yeah, because huh. he was always failing. You know, oh. he was always being humbled. Charlie Brown's lifelong Via della Rosa. That's right. That's uh, really. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really interesting. I did not know that about him. Another one. The Beatles, man, people probably know this one, but the Beeble, be, the Beebles, <laughs> yeah, the Beebles were rejected by every record label, and they went on to not become a band at all. <laughs> Sometimes failure is failure. They, they were rejected until they changed their name to the Beatles. They're like, Wait, you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> I feel like part of the problem is well, the name is the Beebles. <laughs> Who's going to listen to the Beebles? And they're like, you know, Paul, you're right. They went with <laughs> so the Beatles, they, but they did. They, they famously got rejected. Some record label was like, you'll never make it or Deca. something like that. Yeah, Decca, because they said... Guitar bands are on their way out. Wow. I can you imagine being the the guy, the talent scout who who turned down the Beatles? Because they went on to sell 20 trillion records. Uh that is uh, oh my gosh. I mean I made that number up because that'd be a lot. But uh but that is uh that is that's incredible. And all of that happened purely because they changed their name from the Beatles. You heard it here first. <laughs> Here's another one. This is this is even more to our point. Oprah Winfrey was fired from her um, newscasting show. She was a she was a, a co-anchor at uh, at uh, six p.m. on the six p.m. news at Baltimore's um, WJZ, um, and she did a a news story on a family that had been burned out, and then she went back and brought them blankets and and stuff from her own house, and the assistant news director fi uh, found out. And fired her for bring, for bringing yeah, stuff to people whose house burned you're down. Because you're not you're not supposed to be involved in people's stories. Oh. You're supposed to report the, the the news, not get involved in it. Huh. And then uh, this is to the point. She went on to make an entire career out of being involved in people's lives. That is really fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and and it's it is a really good example of a time where, like now, when you hear Oprah, instantly you think. Uh, billionaire. Uh, I do anyway. Yeah. And I also think of that <clears throat> commercial where she's like, I love bread. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't know why I always think of that one commercial because she really, she loves bread. You know, in, um, in, in the first uh, Obama's uh, first inauguration, um, I, I was invited to sit on the DS um, and um, your mom walked down to the section where she would be seated 
walked down side by side with Oprah. Oh, really? Yeah, and Oprah said, I like your dress. Oh, you know? really? And they had a great conversation. That's really, yeah. really cool. I don't think I could play it cool around Oprah. I yeah, feel like she's awesome. I I am the most starstruck person. Like I get starstruck with <laughs> with very very minor celebrities. I'm like, you are the manager at this Starbucks, and I can't. I fumble all over my words and stuff. Uh, I don't know why. This, people in authority really uh, really make me uh, nervous. Um, but you know, we know the end of the story now with Oprah because she went on and made a billion dollars, and she's like one of the most famous women in the world ever. Yeah. Uh, but. There was a time where like Oprah didn't know she was Oprah. You know, I mean, she, yeah. she knew who she was, but she didn't know she was going to be uh, that successful. She just, she just uh, was fired from her job and then, and then went on to just, she persevered, you yeah. know, she went on, she's like, I am, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a magazine and every month. I will be on the cover. <laughs> only and I'm going to call it Oprah. Only me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea what uh, she called it. Uh, oh, <clears throat> O Magazine. And it's true. She's oh. literally the, she's the person on the cover. Is that right? Yeah, every month. They don't put anyone else well, above her. Got, she's got a huge groupie group. Yeah, she, you know. she really does. So she's here's another one, though. Uh -huh. Okay, you ready to go for, on from Oprah? Uh, yes. Because I feel like you had something else to say about Oprah. Uh, no, I didn't. I okay. didn't. I was going to talk about her book club, but it's uh, not uh, interesting or important. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> um, so anyhow, Colonel Sanders. Oh, the fried chicken man. The, he was a sixth grade dropout. Six, Wait, isn't he? I mean, he was a long time ago, right? I mean, it was, uh, I mean, he, he, he dropped out. He would have dropped out in sixth grade like in like early America, wouldn't it have been the twenties or something? <laughs> well, no, it, well, I, I'm not sure. You know, I have to look that up. Um, but no, I think he was in more the middle of this middle of the oh, 20th okay. century. Um, um, Cause and, I can only picture him with that, that weird, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. one of those weird rope yeah. guys. Uh, well, he, he didn't become a success until he was 65 and he ran this little country restaurant uh -huh. and they built the highway away from his restaurant. Well, that'd be annoying. So his, so, so his, his, and he had, of course, he had this fried chicken uh, and the recipe for it. And so he, his rest, his restaurant folded. And so he went to try to sell um, his recipe and, and to try to start a franchise with mm -hmm. that recipe. He was rejected a thousand times. Wow. A thousand times uh, until he found a partner. Um, and today there are over, 15,000 uh, KFC restaurants. Yeah, and KFC is like, I mean, that's the most famous, that's the most famous fried chicken You can place. go to China and get, I, I eat KFC in China. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, they've yeah. got them all over the world. Because, you know, people <clears throat> keep trying to come up and nip at their heels. you got your Popeyes, your Bojangles, <laughs> and uh, no one can dethrone the great uh, KFC. That's right, uh, that's right. Because of the secret herbs and spices. Yep. They're all they're all secret. You know, I uh, I found out that I don't think they're a secret anymore. Uh, and on Twitter, KFC follows uh, um, uh, the Twitter account of each urban spice, uh, like because there's like someone whose name is at Salt on Twitter, and th that's an interesting fun fact for you. Uh, ah. And uh, that's how you can find out the secret recipe. Then all you are is a white suit and one of those weird leather rope ties away from having your own restaurant. <laughs> go and just go running for it. the show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all of these stories are there. The they are these. Uh, Beautiful picture, this this biographical picture of this truth 
uh, one of my favorite quotes, which is the master has failed more times than the uh, student has ever tried. Uh, oh, and, that's uh, great. and it's so accurate. It's accurate. And it's, it's who hard that? to find who, it. Who, who, do you know where that came from? Me just now. That is so yeah. awesome. I was sitting here and I was like, you know, I feel like I got a wise thought. And then I went through multiple versions of it. I was the, ma the master has quailed more times. And then I kept going and it came out masterful. Uh, we're gonna, we got to go to break now, but when we go back, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about this idea of um, failure and, and per, uh, persistence. The, 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 it's not a matter of whether you fail or not, because you will. It's a matter of how you persist and how to, how to pour into the rest of your life purposefully. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back from this break. Welcome back to The Bright Side here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. That sniffing noise you hear, that's my father. <laughs> Oops, bad timing. We are, uh, we are here on professional radio, and uh, I think neither one of us really realized our mics were on, and uh, they got to hear some real candid Welcome talk. to General Hospital. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's why if you just heard me muttering to myself, um, I, think the, I think the music's still playing. <laughs> And it's going to be hard to talk over that the, the whole time. Our producer is in a conversation with another person. So in the meantime, we'll just listen to some music. And uh, in, in homage to the music failing to be turned off, we'll talk about failure in general. Hold on. I'm going to hit the talk back button. And see if that works. Okay, good. There we go. There we All go. Right. Now we're good. All okay. right. Now we can begin. So <clears throat> the uh, the idea of what we were talking about with success is is uh, is how you uh, have to have failure. For instance, to successfully come in from a commercial break. Yes. Every now and then the music has to play for a minute. That's you know? right. And then, and then uh, you have to figure out what to do. Then you learn. I found there's this button. It says talk back. And then I've, and now I know. Uh, yeah. There's this uh, There's this quote that I wanted to make sure that I, I got to read because just because it was awesome. And Calvin Coolidge. Man, that's a cool guy. Uh, he was president at one point, uh, and uh, let's see, that would have been uh, 1920s. 1920s, he was president, uh, and he was real smart. But here's one of the things that he said. So this is a guy, very successful guy. Um, I'm not going to do an accent, although, boy, do I want to. <laughs> Part of the reason I shouldn't is because I have no idea what he sounded like. Um, but it was, uh, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. And I've, it's, so, it's always so much more powerful to hear that something like that come from a, from a, a man who has pretty much like uh, reach the top of what you can reach. You know, if you're in politics, um, president's pretty much, pretty much as high as you go. Yeah. I mean, after yeah. that, there's just Mr. Universe, but yeah. then you got to eat all <laughs> muscly. Uh, and, uh, and so, but to hear that this, this idea that um, the driving force is not how, how much gifting did that person yeah. have? And it's not even, you know, how smart were they? It's not, it's just who, who quit last, you yeah, know I mean? Who, who exactly. just, who just persisted. Um, and I remember that from medical school, there were, um, there were people that in the first two years did not seem like they were going to be graduating at the top of the class. Um, and, uh, and I was always, you know, stealing their lunch and pushing them. I would <laughs> kneel down behind them and my friend would push them over and no, they were great people, but they just, they, they, um, they didn't come in with, 
you know, there were people who came in with nursing backgrounds and, and one was a veterinarian and there were people that had really solid backgrounds and there were people that came in and were really learning it as they went, but they worked so hard yeah. and they, and yeah. they, and they graduated at the top of the class. Yeah. And it was just this persistence. It was this dogged persistence yeah. over time. Um, and that really is what makes the difference. It's this, it's, there's no great moment where it's like, today was the day that I, everything went perfect and I'm, and I'm perfect now. Yeah. It's, it is this incremental, it's this tiny decision to do the right thing. It's these little seeds. It's, um, it's, well, it's compound interest. I mean, not to steal the title of that yeah. book you're reading, but yeah. I haven't read the book, but isn't that basically what that book says? Absolutely. Once you, once you get over the fact that Failure is a, or, or you learn the fact that failure is a plus. It's the way we learn. It's the way we build character. You know, for those of us who are Christians, you know, Christ was, by all accounts of the world, a failure in his mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet his, 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 his failure in the eyes of the world was our greatest victory. Um, and so when you think of, okay, what am I going to concentrate on here? Am I going to concentrate on, on how, how much that hurt? Or am I going to concentrate on what I can do about it now? Mm-hmm. Because that's the key um, to to understanding how much power you have. The people who will continue in a downward spiral are always the people who let the world take power over them. Mm. And, and they don't realize the power they have to make their own decisions and a decision that turns into an action— and then an action that turns into a habit literally determines where you're going to end up. Hmm. And, and, and so the first lesson in any success is to understand the power you have in your own decisions. Hmm. Because you can, you can make your life go like you want it to go. It doesn't mean it won't hurt. It doesn't mean that your, your hurt um, um, was, you know, it, it some, somehow someday it stops hurting. Uh, it just means you're not going to live in it. You're yeah. not going to become a victim. And I feel like that's an important point to make because one of the things that I learned over time, and I, I learned this from you and then kind of, you know, learned it. Uh, I have a PhD from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but so when we say Dr. Joel Hunter, that's my PhD is from there. Um, but uh but one of the things that I learned is that this idea of of you win or you learn, uh, it's one of Conor McGregor said that after a fight, he lost a rare loss in a fight. He's like, he's like, oh, you're both better than me. Hey, you win or you learn. Uh, and uh, that was Irish. Uh, and and it it's really hard if you're deciding, okay, I'm going to do this when it actually does hurt, when things do go wrong, and and you do fail. It's it's really important to point out. Um, it's really sucks. I yeah. mean, it's really, it is yeah. really, really, it, it, depending on the level of failure or the level of loss. I mean, it's stuff that's, that's really pretty devastating. And there's, and there's nothing about um, deciding to turn failures into success and deciding to persist and deciding to learn. There's nothing about it that says you have to do that while you're still numb and can't find, you know, where your car keys are. Cause you can't remember anything. Cause you're, you're still in the state of shock right. and you're still right. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's, um, grief and hurt and all that. Um, I do think one of the best ways out of grief is forward motion, you know, because yeah. it's, uh, you kind of, you, you, you do the stuff that you know you can do and, and then you, it slowly gets, you get winched out of it basically. Um, 
on the power of on the power of persistence, the persistence witch. Uh, and and when you're deciding to do things better, um, a lot of times the wisdom from that is something that like you you only get to find out as as it's happening later, as yes. you as you're succeeding. Because that's right. Um, I I think one of the things that discourages people, and one of the things that makes people want to give up, is they're like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to learn from this. I mean, this this was a train wreck start to finish. Everything's yeah. I I, been, I burned through my savings account, yeah. or you know somebody that I loved. Uh, isn't here anymore or, or left me or I left them. And uh, like, it's, it's, you are in this state where you're like, I don't even, I mean, that's all well and good to say, well, learn from your failures, but it's, it's really um, something that persisting and just deciding to do, okay, I know I want to do this. I'm going to do the next step towards that. Right. When you can, uh, that's, that's, that's what that's, you learn. That's key. You know, it's been said that you plan forward but you understand backwards. Hmm. And so and and so you're you're absolutely right. You you don't have to immediately come up with okay, that happened for this reason or boy, I've learned a lot out of this. Um, it's just functioning. It's putting one foot in front of the other, doing something constructive no matter how little it is. Um, that you know, your mom um, has as she's a very wise woman. And, um, and, and, and she can go on. We, our family, you know, Joel, you and I, and, and our family's been through some really difficult times. Um, but your mom always says, I'm not going li- to let the devil win twice, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, he won once when he, when, when, when he had this destruction in our lives. But if I don't keep doing good, he's going to win twice. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let him win twice. Yeah. And so it's it's really important for folks just to take life as it is uh, and do the next right thing, <clears throat> and eventually um, you really do understand that as there's a benefit that that has happened unintentional, but it's a benefit. And I think I think this is part of why finding your passion and actually pursuing your passion, the thing that really motivates you and and it's hard to imagine not doing this thing um for charles schultz it was drawing peanuts cartoons mm-hmm. for spielberg it was making films for the for the beebles later the beatles it was making music <laughs> for oprah it was getting involved in people's stories colonel sanders man loved fried chicken uh, but your passion part of the reason that we find that <clears throat> successful people typically had this passion and why it, it almost becomes this um uh it's it's uh um, correlation isn't necessarily causation. Um, the, the cause of the success was the persistence, but it, it correlates pretty well to somebody who like Steven Spielberg, he got rejected twice. He had such a passion for making film. It was, he was going to make them anyway. He was going to persist anyway. Um, and so, and, and in doing that, that's how you have, you know, this, well, this one stinks, this one's good. And you, and you learn and you learn over time. Um, and so we find that people that are successful have passion because because they persisted and because exactly. they, didn't, they didn't stop. And here's, here's another um, insight for those. You know, we, we have this program in order to help people help people. And, and uh, one of the principles you, ha- you have to learn if you're going to help people is that you can't rescue them. Um, if they choose to live in their victimhood, that's what they're going to do. So you can't be a rescuer, but you can be a coach. And you can, you can point out to people, look, um, you, you can overcome this. I'll help you overcome this, but I can't overcome this for you. Yeah. And that's a really, um, um, pr- uh, important principle when you're trying to help people, because if they won't volunteer to help themselves along with you, then you really aren't going to help them long. Yeah. Time. 
And one disclaimer there, that is not uh, true for lifeguards. Uh, yes. For you. <laughs> just, just jump in there. Uh, but for literally everything else. When we come back from this next break, we have our final segment. We'll be talking about success and, uh, and the habits uh, that successful people have. Welcome back to The Bright Side. This is segment four out of four segments. We've come to the end. And now the time has come, <laughs> the final curtain. Uh, this, uh, this, if you're just tuning in, you tuned in at the right time, because this is the one where we kind of are bringing everything together to talk about what does success versus failure and how to be successful and how to not let failure, you know, stomp you into the ground. What does that have to do with helping people? Um, and and the, the reason that it matters is because so much of success is incremental. Uh, yeah. um, I mean, I watched that with you, Pop, because I, I, I don't believe there was ever a time ever in my life, literally ever, that I woke up before you did. Uh, and most of the time you had already worked out uh, and also uh, written a book and <laughs> trained a dog uh, before I was up. Um, no, not, not one single day yeah. was that, that was it. That was the one, you know, but it's, it's that lifetime. It's cultivating those habits over a lifetime. Exactly. Um, and uh, cause what was that thing you said in the, in the last segment you said a, a an action becomes a. Yeah. In the, in the book, uh, in da Darren Hardy's uh, compound effect, uh, that, that's a book. He says, um, basically the formula for success is um, a when a decision, when you've made a decision that becomes an action and then you repeat the action so that it becomes a habit. Mm. And then um, over a period of time, that's what he calls compound interest because it'll ha have all kinds of effects yeah. way, way beyond, way beyond the, the, the habit itself. And that will determine your, your life, the goals of your life, how, are, how they're met beyond what you ever even could have asked or dreamed. That's fascinating because it, it dovetails so seamlessly with the, the book that I am now going through for a second time uh, by this guy, Aubrey Marcus, who it's called uh, Own the Day, Own Your Life. And the premise under that book is um, in order to own your life and feel like you're in charge of it instead of being owned and, uh, and, and having you know, everything happen to you, uh, in order, it's this guide on how to sleep, eat, shower, work, do your commute. I mean, it's this whole thing. The goal is to have this one day that you are, you own it for 24 hours, every single part of it. Mm -hmm. And he says, pick a day. Um, and each chapter goes through a specific thing. And the point that he's making, and I've seen this uh, personally, um, do I own my life yet? Not all the way, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually Getting seeing that. this as I'm yep. putting in these, in putting in these little uh, um, deposits for the compound interest thing. Um, it's uh, it's as you decide to do specific things, as you decide to make that decision, uh, as you use your willpower to make some decision, it has this ripple effect to it. There's this butterfly effect to things where mm -hmm. it has effects mm -hmm. far beyond what you what you thought it would. One of the ones that's been interesting for me is um, there's a lot of science, and, and since we're in the last segment, and I want to talk about simple help. After, uh, I don't, I can't go into the science, but boy, do I want to <laughs> um, about. This uh, idea of Wim Hof is this guy who kind of uh, has this breathing technique where you hyperoxygenate your blood and it does all this good stuff for your uh, endocrine system and it, and it's uh, and it does good stuff for your your stress levels like not stress levels like oh I'm stressed but like stress hormone levels like cortisol balance with adrenaline and stuff um, 
And combining that with this simple thing that you do each morning at the end of your shower, you take your normal shower, and at the end of the shower, you do this, you do the breathing thing. Uh, it's 30 deep breaths, enough to your fingers tingle a little bit. And then you take the shower and you crank it to the coldest that it will go. And then you stand in that for three minutes until you can control your own breathing again. And then at the end of that, you breathe out all the way and then hold your breath in full exhale until you have to breathe, until you, until you have this gasping breath. Um, and it and it increases your noradrenaline levels, which has all this good benefits by like 300%. Just part of that does. Um, anyway, he's, he talks about it in the book of like, when you're in the shower and you're and he said, and you're going to do this for the first time, you're going to be, your mind will be racing, thinking everything of like, well, I don't need to do this. You'll think of a million excuses not to. But he talks about part of what's important about it beyond all the physical. And I can tell you, it's, it's amazing. I've been doing it for like, I don't know, month, month and a half now. Um, and it's amazing. I mean, you feel way, way different when you start your day um, in a good way, um, not just cold. Uh, he talks about beyond the physical benefit of it, we as a culture moving from our climate controlled house to our climate controlled car to a drive through where we just sit and somebody hands us food through a window. There, we have very few places to practice our discipline, to sharpen, you know, th to have a more iron will. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so there's this, there's this willpower is like any muscle or habit where the more you use it, the more you have of it. Um, and he was talking about you just do it because what you do is when you make that decision, um, that ownership, that, that, that decision in the right direction and having that willpower makes a difference for um, other, all the other stuff, which has exercise and eating and all that. And it's so accurate. It's crazy. I, there's not been one thing, one single change that I've made ever that was that like this level of small of like just adding cold water yeah. at the end of, that's had nearly an effect on me like this. Is one. I mean, that right? It's the craziest thing because he talks about how it's not about this big, big thing. He talks about it's how this small thing goes on to have a ripple effect yeah. in the rest of your life because it might make you feel like you're a little more energetic. So you, so you do some push-ups and then because you did those push-ups, you really do want to have a breakfast that's not just fruit loops. And because you had a breakfast that was a little bit more, you know, fat and protein to it, then you have a little bit more energy. And so you actually uh, respond kindly to your friend instead of a snippy. And it just has this ripple effect. Um, and that's why I wanted to talk about simple help. So what's the idea of simple help? The whole idea of simple help is that um, we're not, wanting to go out and save the world in a day. We, we're not trying to be heroes. But if we can just do th things together, I mean, those, those who sign up for this, if you want to sign up, by the way, to get an, uh, a, a, just a very simple task, uh, every one of them will take less than five minutes, cost you less than $5. Most of them are, are free, uh, like today's was, um, uh, bite your tongue. You know when you could when you could say something negative, don't. Hmm. Um, and so, but if you want to sign up, the the just go type into your browser simple dot help period. That's it. Uh, I mean, not period. <laughs> simple <laughs> dot help. It doesn't. There's no org or com or anything. Simple dot help. We will send you every day a very simple task, and in that simple task, it'll create incrementally. A new world and a new you. Yeah, and we'll we'll be doing all of these things together. Yeah, and so your point, Joel, is 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 very much to the point. Um, greatness only comes in increments. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come all of a sudden. Every once in a while, you know, for some lives, there's a moment where something outstanding happens. But most for most people, the world is remade one step at a time. Yeah. 
and and to know you're doing it. And, and most people say, oh, I want to know my purpose and why did God put me here and so on and so forth. Um, no, just just do something you know is good mm-hmm. every day, and we will we'll send you this so we can do it together. Um, and 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 literally, eventually, we'll have a different community. Yeah, I. What's interesting to me about this idea, the simple dot help, where you you put your email address in and you get this a simple task. I, one of them last week was let one person into traffic with a wave. You know, yep. just trying to merge in. Um, is that the idea that the world has changed and that you are changed uh, and that you become more of the person that you want to be and the world becomes more of the world you want it to be. The idea that that happens with small, simple things is way more exciting and way harder to believe. But that was what this whole show was about today that I want to just say in our last 30 seconds here that the whole point of today was talking about that success and making a difference, whether it's in your own life or in somebody else's life, making the world what you want to have it be is it's all incremental. Like it's, it's the difference between making the decision to do the right thing or the decision to do the wrong thing because you had the willpower to do it because you did it last time. Um, That's it for today. Pop, this was really fun for me. Yeah, me too. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time here on The Bright Side on News Radio 1025.